Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. Amen. Everybody happy today? All right. All that worship. Giving worship to God. We're starting our series this week. It's Thanksgiving month. And so we're going to talk about fruits. That's you know, that's kind of a food group, but we know we start thinking about Thanksgiving, about you know, food. We're thinking about being thankful and being blessed and seeing what God has for us. So we're going to talk about fruits a little bit of uh, this whole month and get ready for that. And December is Christmas, so we'll be doing the Christmas thing coming up, and then um, first of year, believe it or not, first year coming up, twenty twenty three, and so we got some stuff coming up for that. So very excited. So today I want you to go to Galatians, Galatians five. Galatians 5.16, I want to lay some foundation, a foundation. Uh, there's, we're, we're definitely pushing. There's definitely a push. We pull people, but sometimes the Holy Spirit will push you. I mean, he's, he, he's, he's, I mean, he's glad the Holy Spirit's pusher. He'll just push you right into something and push you where you need to be. So I believe that's what he's doing. Um, and, and I think this word today is going to help you as we lay a foundation into what God is uh, wanting to do and talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, and and we'll, we'll go over most of them this month. I don't know if we get hit all of them, but we'll go over most of them. Uh, Galatians 5, 16, we're going to start with a foundation and, and just lay a firm foundation and, and, and so we can really build up on it, build up on what God has for us. So Paul's talking to the church of Ephesus here in Galatians 5, 16, and he says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh. So right off the bat, we get a good teaching word here, the word lust there. The word lust actually means anything you're willing to compromise or lose your relationship with God for. So if you're, if, if you're willing to do it, even that's going to cost you your relationship with God, then, then that's, that's a spirit of lust. That's lust that's coming upon you. Obviously, there's different objects of it, but you're participating in it even though it's going to cost you a relationship with the Lord. And, and so that's how, that's how important and how powerful that word lust there is. Verse 17, for the flesh, the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now, verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the word law, let me stop here and give you a definition for that. The, the word law there, law actually means limits, limits. When you're being led by the Spirit, there is no limits. How many wants no limits when it comes to things of God? When it is take the limits off, take as far as we want to go, do what we can do, do and have what we can do and have and be. And so when you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law or you're not under the limits. There's no limits with God. Verse 19 is where we drop the plow and begin to plow through this. So what God wants to teach us this morning. Galatians 5, 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are. And then it begins to categorize, begins to talk about some of the, some, this is not all of them, but some of the works of the flesh. Uh, they are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery. Hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, 
murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things, everybody say practice. That's going to be important in our teaching today. Practice. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, there's some things you just don't need to practice. There's some things you need to stay away from. The word, the meaning of the word flesh there um, actually means to become visible, to become apparent, to be, be well known. How many know that your flesh loves to be visible? Your flesh loves to be apparent. Your, your flesh loves to be well known and easy to be seen. So that's, what, that's one of the things that the flesh is and that we have to be careful with as it, as it comes against us with. Going back to um, Galatians 5.19, it says, Now the works of the flesh, the works of the flesh. There is, there is a word there. It's called zarts. And the word zarts there literally, literally talks about how the, how the works of the flesh and how the, what, the, what the works of flesh wants to be and how it wants to come against us with. It actually means the sinful impulses or the carnal cravings of your flesh. I mean, those that you have sinful impulses and carnal cravings. All right, that's eight of you. Rest of you, listen up. <laughs> you have... Sinful impulses and carnal cravings. And it's your flesh. It's your flesh. I realized that we want to blame everything on the devil. We just came out of October and we dealt with some spirits, especially um, last week, I think it was. We dealt with the, you know, the different realm. You got to be careful in the, in the realm. Or, or two weeks ago, whenever it was, I dealt with the, the realm of the spirit that's out there, the powers and principalities. There's, there's a realm out there that we need to make our children aware, that we need to be aware that there's a realm of darkness that, that's trying to draw us in. But one of the main things the enemy uses is our flesh, is our flesh, because our flesh is full of sinful impulses and cardinal cravings carnal cravings so now we're in verse 19 and it says the works of the flesh understand the word works there to the works the works there means an occupation it's the occupation it's the job it's what it does so it says the occupation or the job or the work of the of the spirit it's it's what it produces it it describes their 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 livelihood it describes what it what it what it produces there in the process in which it produces and so now we see the work of the flesh which is the occupation of the flesh is these things is evident there's evidence of there there is evidence of the work of the flesh there's evidence of it one thing that that we have to understand that everybody has to deal with their flesh Everybody has to deal with sinful impulses. Everybody has to deal with carnal cravings. You say, well, pastor, I wish I was a pastor of church, and that way I wouldn't have to deal with it. I get to the point I don't have to deal with it. Everybody, me included, deal with sinful impulses, carnal cravings. Well, no, no, see, I don't have them anymore because I go to church now. Matter of fact, I'm here today, and I carry my Bible. Actually, I brought my Bible. Actually, I brought my bigger Bible with me today. And, and so I got my bigger Bible, and, you know, and I, I brought it. So I don't have to deal with those sinful impulses and carnal cravings. Everybody has to deal with sinful impulses and carnal cravings because it's the work of the flesh. We all have to deal with it. Even when I'm saved, I'll go as far as say, especially now that you're saved, you have to deal with it. 
You have to deal with these sinful impulses, the work of the flesh. It, the, flesh the flesh is a work, and it's constantly work. It's constantly, if it works, that means it's, it's a process. It's a process. So the work of the flesh, the work of it, the, the job of it, the occupation of it is a process. It's a process on what it's doing. And, and if it's a process, it's going to do like you do on your job. If you're doing anything on your job, you got a process that produces something. Okay? It produces whatever it is. It produces something. So the process, so we can put it this way, the occupation or the process or the, or the production of the flesh, of the flesh is... And then it begins to, begins to name them. It is the, 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 the production of the flesh is, and first one was adultery, second one, not as anything in one particular, it's not labeling sins in the order of it, but it, it begins to tell the things that, that we begin to deal with. And so it teaches us that if, if you commit adultery, the fact the adultery is not sin, the sin is already a fact that you have allowed it to process and produce that evidence. So it says the work of the flesh is evident. And they, so the occupation, the process, the production of the flesh is evident. We think that we haven't sinned if we haven't committed these, committed these sins. If, we don't, if we're not fighting anger, if we're not fighting envy, if we're not, if we're not in strife, if, if, we're, if we're not fornicating, if we're not, if we're not living in sexual sin, uncleanliness, all these things, and, and it's just because we're not doing it. Or when we are doing it, we think that's when we sin. But it's not. It's, it's a sin is the fact that it's, you have allowed the work of that flesh to begin or continue to process until it produces that. So that's been a process. There, there, there's been a procedure. There's been an occupation. So what do we do, preacher? What do we do? Glad you asked. We crucify it. You got to crucify your flesh. Uh, that's why I'm here. I'm here today to crucify. Matter of fact, during that song, about the, that when, when Pastor Matt got to that part in there, I saw the crucify my flesh. Now, let me help you. You got to crucify your flesh every day. You get up in the morning, the first thing you need to do, the best thing to do is, is realize you got some flesh you got to crucify. And you might have to get, it might, it might last long until you get to work. <laughs> you got to crucify some more flesh. You flip on a TV at night, you probably got to crucify. You grab your, you grab your phone, you're going to flip through some reels or flip through some uh, Instagram or whatever it is you're doing. Chances are pretty good that something's going to pop up that you got to crucify your flesh. Come on, church. Because we are born, we are born with sinful impulses. We are born with carnal cravings. It's in us. In sin, David says, my mom conceived me. I was conceived in my mother's room, womb with these sinful impulses and these carnal cravings. You can pray in the Holy Ghost. You can sing the best song. You can read the Bible all night long. But you're still going to find a place that you've got, to, you've got to crucify that flesh. How do you crucify that flesh? Glad you asked that. Y'all asked some good questions this morning. Glad you asked that as well. You crucify your flesh by glorifying God and getting his presence. Oh, no, I want to scream at the devil and tell him how bad he is and, you know, get away from me, you big bad wolf and all this kind of stuff. Now, I'll be honest with you, what I told you a couple weeks ago, you and the devil are not on speaking terms. The way you crucify your flesh is you get in the presence of a holy God. 
And God is absolutely powerful because God is absolutely holy. And the one thing that God does is that he loves to separate you. The word, the word holiness comes from the same word that means sanctifying. It means to separate you, which also means death. To be separated means to be, to be sanctified means to be separated. To be separated means to die something. And to die to something means you're being made holy. Oh, hallelujah. And so that's how you crucify that flesh. You don't crucify your flesh just by not doing it. They, uh, Adam and Eve went a long time without doing what the devil said do. But how you crucify your flesh is to get in the presence of Almighty God. Amen. And God is, God is so good and God is so loving and God loves you so much that he is not going to let you go down. He's not going to allow you just to fall down without, without, without giving you a way of an escape. You say, well, no, you, know, you got to understand, preacher, that, that you know, I, just, I just, I fell into sin. I mean, you didn't fall into nothing. We fall in holes we didn't see. Well, I fell into that adultery. No, you didn't. I fell in that fornicating. We didn't start out. We, we didn't start out fornicating, but, but now you know. Well, I didn't start out being mad at them to the point of anger that now is, is changing my character. And I, I can't, but I didn't start out being envious over the, the fact that they had something I didn't have and, and God is doing something. I didn't start out that way. I mean, but, and, and, but, but I just fell into it. No, yet remember, the works of the flesh is, 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 is evident. The evidence is the manifestation. The works of the flesh, these things that's in adultery and, and, and fornication and homosexuality and anger and fear and all these things is a manifest. And before it manifests, it has to go through a process. And before, after it goes through its process, then it will produce it. So really we can read it this way. The works of the flesh or occupation of the flesh, if we leave it on its own, it will produce any of these things. So you don't fall into anything. You ignored it. You enjoyed it. How many knows to crucify means to kill it? And it's hard to kill something that you love. No, he didn't say that. Oh, yeah, you love it, man. You love it. You don't want to get rid of it. You want to try, you're still trying to figure out how much of it can you do and still make it to heaven. How much can, it, can I just, can I just leave, can I at least just put my feet in a little bit? Can I, can I at least on Friday night, can I just do it on Friday night and still go to church on Sunday and not feel so convict, convicted? You have to understand the flesh, it's the works of it. It's the process. It's occupation is, it's to produce something. And, and if you allow it to go unchecked, it will manifest itself. And you didn't fall into it, you practiced it. That's why you're so good at it. The first time. You've been practicing it. Now you've been practicing it. I just fell into it. No, you've been practicing. It was in your mind. You've been thinking about it. I mean, sweat's been piled up on your head and trying to figure out who's watching you watching this and, and who's, who, who was there when you said that. And one exactly does a preacher really know what's in my heart right now. And you allowed it to sit there. And the works, the occupation, the process, the production of the flesh, if you allow it to go unchecked, it will manifest. And you can say you fell into it, but no, you didn't. You practiced it and you planned it. And now you're in it. Now, since I got your attention... Let's go, to, let's go to 1 John. 
Because I told you over in verse 21, he says, after we got to reading some of these, some of these, um, some of these manifestations, it says, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things, remember y'all said it, didn't you? You said practice. Those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know about you, if there's something that I'm practicing that's going to cause me not to make it to heaven, I don't know about you, but I want to know about it. Huh? So, everybody say, thank you, Pastor, for telling us. You're welcome. Now, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Now, this is the confidence. How many of us we can have confidence in him? Now, this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Amen. Let me go ahead and tell you about his will. I'm not preaching on this today, but it is his will to hear us. If you ask him, if you tell him, it's his will to hear you. Okay, that's, that's good. Verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked of him. If anyone sees his brother, here you go. Get ready to get your attention again. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin, which does not lead to death. Everybody says does not. Which does not lead to death. Death is what? Separation. If anyone sees his brother, can can read this way, committing a sin that has not separated them from God. He will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is sin leading to death that I do not say that we should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not leading to death. Now, we got two things here we got to deal with with this, this passage of Scripture. That there is a sin that leads to death, which is separation from God, and there is a sin that does not lead or separate us from God. I know you got your pen and paper out and you want a list of those sins so you can go out and commit them this afternoon, don't you? Well, if I can do it, a pastor, I mean, you know, tell me which ones they are. They ain't what it means. It's not an allegory. We're not, we're not, we're not, he's talking about the result of sin. Understand this, in case you want one, what is sin? Sin is any willful act against God. If you didn't willfully do it, it's not a sin. But if you willfully done it, it's a sin against God. Any willful act against God is a sin. And that sin left, left unchecked will separate you from God. And so the Bible says that there is, in, in, first, I mean, in Galatians 5, 21, we read that, that it is the practice. It is the practice. It is the practice of sin that leads to death. It is the practice of sin that will not allow you to go into the ki- inherit the kingdom of God. What does that mean? Well, that word practice comes from a production, comes from a process. It comes from an occupation. It comes from a work of the flesh. And so if you did think something that you shouldn't have thought, or, or, you, or you saw something, or you're saying something, or you're doing something that you know is not, that is not pleasing unto God, and you know it's not true, guess what? You're committing a sin that's not leading to death. 
What's that mean? You just committed a sin that did not, listen to me, that did not separate you from God. But, comma, if you continue to practice it, if you continue to let it work, if you continue to let it process, if you can continue to let it produce something, then it will turn into a sin that leads to death. Death is separation. That's why I told you a while ago, God loves us too much to allow one thing to separate us from God. You know, it's like people come to me, especially my staff, they'll come in and somebody will say something about them and not like, you know, the department, not like how, how this, whether it's school or whether it's church, and they want to slam a teacher, they want to slam an administrator, they want to they try to tell me how this person really is. And I say, well, I understand you might have took it that way, but you have to understand something. I know that person. They want me to get rid of them right there. You, you got to understand that if I really know you and I really love you, you can't do just one thing and change my thoughts of you. If I can do one thing and it changes exactly who you think that I am, then be honest, you didn't, think, you didn't think highly of me to start off with. Now, if I can do that in the flesh that I'm in, how much more is God able to do that? Man, I know you. I know. I understand. There's a devil comes. You need to be sober. You need to be vigilant. There's an adversary. But I'm not going. I'm not preaching greasy grace here. I'll go ahead and do it. And you know, and you got to stop it before it gets to your point. No, uh, you got. I don't know how fast that that flesh is going to work. I don't know how fast the process is going to work. But if you stay in it and you continue to allow the process, it will separate you from God. Are you with me? That's why it's important. That we live a life because there's two types of people in here today. Because if that's what's happening, there's two types of people in here today. No, yeah, they're saved and there's none saved. Yeah, they're saved and none saved. But even under that category, there's still two types of people. People that are even being dominated right now by the flesh or people who's being dominated by the spirit. You are either right now, this morning, 1141 on a Sunday morning, being dominated by the flesh or you're being dominated by the spirit. And you can choose which one you want. If you're being dominated by the flesh, that means you're allowing the flesh to work to take its place. You're allowing it to process. You're allowing it to produce the things you want to produce. But if you want to allow the Holy Spirit to dominate you, then you crucify that flesh. And you crucify that flesh by saying, great is the Lord our God. I will worship him at all times. You read, you stay in his word, and you keep your mind on him, and you get yourself in the presence of God, and that always crucifies the flesh. And sometimes you got to do it every single morning. Sometimes you got to do it every single day. Sometimes you got to do it two or three times a day. But that's all right. That's not because you're bad. That's because you're doing some good stuff. The enemy's trying to pull you back. All right. So anyway, so this is what this, this is what the scripture says, and this is what it does. Because we have to understand if we can be dominated by the flesh. And I think everybody in here can can everybody in here can testify to the fact that yeah, we know how to be dominated by the flesh, and we have been dominated by the flesh. But the good news is, is we can be dominated by the Spirit of God. Now, how many wants to be dominated by the Spirit of God? We can be dominated by the Spirit of God. So now I want to turn to First Peter. First Peter chapter number one. 
First Peter chapter number one. Boy, we lay in foundation today. First Peter chapter number one. And I'm going to go to verse 23. Well, let me read verse 22 since I've got a few more minutes in the second service here. First Peter chapter number, chapter number one, verse 22. It says, since you have purified your soul in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of brethren love one another fervently with a pure heart. Here goes verse 23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. Now, here's the thing, what I told you a while ago about flesh. Flesh is a work. That flesh that, you are, that, you're, that you're dealing with on a daily basis is a work. It has to work its process to produce something. And we can feel it working, and so we have to stop it. We have to crucify it. And if we don't, we're being dominated by it. But to be dominated by the Spirit, we have to understand something different. The Spirit's not a work. The Spirit in you is a seed. And it produces fruit. Oh, hallelujah. If you want an apple, you got to plant a seed. If you want corn on the cob, you got to plant a seed. If you want peaches, you got to plant a seed. Whatever you want from God, you got to plant a seed. So we know here, according to this scripture, that we're born again. We know that we were already born with corruptible seed, don't we? I know that baby looks cute and he's pretty and even though he poops on us and spits up and, but he, get, he has good times and bad times and he gets a little bit better, goes through the terrible twos and the terrible threes and all this kind of stuff and they get over and everything's great. But they're beautiful. But we realize, man, there, there's some corruption in there. Right? We have to deal with it. And the older we get, we, we never stop dealing with it. And so it says, we are, but now haven't been born again. Amen. We now not only have corruptible seed in it, which is still there. It will be there until Jesus comes, which is still there. Having been born again, not only have corruptible seed, but now we have another seed in us, and it's incorruptible seed. Whenever you got born again, God took, because what kind of seed? What is a seed? It's seed of the Word of God, which lives on the inside of you forever. So the day you got saved, your, your fleshly self, your, your corruptible self, your, your just, just constantly proceeding and living, being dumb in the works of the flesh, the day you got saved, God placed in you the seed of the Word of God. And that seed begins to, begins to manifest. And that seed begins to grow. And that seed begins to give you the, what you didn't have. And that is the character of God. So whenever you couldn't keep your mouth shut, guess what? As a child of God, now you can. When you couldn't get yourself quit for listening to that mess, you had no business listening to you, guess what? Now there's another seed on the inside of you. It's called the Word of God. And you can't use the excuse that I can't anymore. You are born again, child of God. You've been born by the seed of the never living energy of the power of God, which is alive on the inside of you. And don't let some secret, sensitive, easy preacher tell you you can't do it. I'm here to tell you not only can you do it, but you've got to do it. 
got to do it. Because you're either being dominated by your flesh or you're being dominated by the word of God. David, that lion, cheating, peeping Tom, murders, adulterer, said these words, your word, oh God, I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Oh, Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he says, every time I want to do something good, I just can't because there's something there. Pull me the other way. What's he saying? He says, I need a seed. I'm being dominated by the flesh. And if you're not being dominated by the flesh, you're being dominated by the Spirit. And if you're being dominated by the Spirit, you're not being dominated by the flesh. So God has placed on the inside of you this seed. It's called the Word of God. In the beginning with the Word, the word, word was with God, and the Word was God. You received the Word of God who's living and alive on the inside of you. And it there and it's growing. It continues to produce. And you allow it to produce because it's a seed. And God continues. And we'll start learning the rest of this month about the different kind of seeds you have. And the different kinds of fruit you walk in. And you'll begin to realize this isn't my character. This is God's character. This isn't my way. This is my. I know my way. My way is horrible. My, there's a way which seems right in the man. But there's a new character in me right now. I know all about. I can testify to 3 o'clock about my corruptible seed but can I tell you for the next 20 minutes about the incorruptible seed that God has placed upon my heart and what I did and that alcohol I didn't think I could quit that drug addiction I didn't think I could quit that fornication I couldn't didn't think I could get off my mind that homosexuality I didn't think I could get off my mind I'm here to tell you right now there's a if you get born again there's a brand new seed that goes on the inside of you and you say I can't do it but greater is he that is in me we can do it together Boy, you got to wake up every day and you got to declare a thing. I will not be consumed. I will not be dominated by these thoughts. I will not be done. Well, you see, your grandmama had it, you know, and, and grandpappy, he dealt with some stuff too. And, and your sister, you know, she just can't get over that thing now. So there's some stuff. Liar, liar. No, I have not. There's another seed. There's another. Paul said there's another war going on inside of me. What, he said it's a war. It's a war because something wants to dominate me. But if I let that domination go unchecked, it will get the best of me. But if I allow that never in and seed of the word of God begin to produce what it says it will produce then I can have what it says I can have I can be who it says I can be and I can do what it says I can do it's a seed it's a seed it's a fruit boy there's nothing more worldly than trying to make good showing make a good showing in the flesh you can't make a good showing in the flesh. You need his fruit. The only thing worse than that is fake fruit. Plastic fruit. You know the problem with most churches? We got too much plastic fruit sitting in here. We just plastic. We look like fruit. Don't get too close to us though. The closer you get, from back there, yeah, stay over there. Oh yeah, y'all see, yeah, yeah. So. It's a bowl full of fruit. You just get close to it. Wait a minute. You don't look like real fruit. You ever try to eat? You ever, you ever walk to someone? Man, I love having an apple. Well, that's an apple right there. Nobody looking out. I'll just, I'll just borrow this one. Man, that thing's fake. 
Nothing no worse, nothing no worse than, than fake fruit. Because we don't know why? Because fruit cannot be made. Fruit has to be grown. You gotta grow that stuff. And you want God to fix it this morning. You want God to fix it at least by Wednesday night. When I was here Wednesday night, this is two services in a row, Pastor. I expect by Wednesday I'll be good. You gotta understand, it takes some time to grow fruit. Come on, church, can I have a few more minutes? Huh, it's going to take some time to grow some fruit. And while we're hanging on that vine and wondering why God hasn't picked us yet, then we got to battle some stuff because we got to hang on that tree and watch somebody else get picked from another tree and try to figure out why we ain't getting picked. Don't you, don't you understand something? Remind yourself, remind yourself something about fruit. If you pick it too early, then it's bitter. And you always know Christians who don't hang on the vine long enough and don't attach themselves or they give up too soon. You're bitter. You're easily offended. And you got, you're full of air. And that old flesh, that old flesh begins to pop up. Yeah, well, I should be growing right now. Uh-uh. You wouldn't hang on the vine long enough until it was time to pick you. And now you're just bitter, 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 bitter. No, you wouldn't let God pick you. The only thing worse than a bitter piece of fruit is a soft. Peel back that old black banana. Why is it, what's happened to this thing? It's all mushy. And, or bite into an apple that doesn't just pop you in the eye with juice because it's so crunchy and, and good. It's just soft. Huh? See, that's the problem with Christians. We get too soft. We get too soft. We hang on the vine long enough. But, but whenever we sit there and we... And we watch God, and when he gets ready for and when he picks it, there's, there's something about a fruit that hangs until God says, now you're ready. Now you're ready to do what I called you. You want to know why? Because you hung on the vine longer than everybody else did. Who am I talking to this morning? You, you've been, oh, and when you hang on the vine longer than anybody else, you've been through some storms that other people didn't have to go through in because you're stuck. You've been through more rain clouds. Guess what? It gets cold on some nights, but you're still hanging in there. And, and it gets hot on some summer days, but you're still hanging in there. Guess what? There's pestilence that comes up there and tries to eat you and tries to destroy you. There's bugs that try to go into you, but you hung on in way and now that's, that's why there's a difference between fake fruit and real fruit real fruit had to go through some stuff real fruit had to hang on when it didn't look like they can hang on real fruit says i will not give up because i know that the best is yet to come if i just hang on to this thing i'm talking to some real fruit in here real fruit in here i, I told first service one thing about pastoring one of the things that come through me and my wife's mouth all the time is I'll come home after a day's work, meeting with people or introducing or canceling, going through. And, and this, this, this word comes to my mouth more common than, than ever. You just don't ever know what people are going through. And just because you see people and it looks like they got it all together, it looks like I wish I was like them. Honey, you better watch it. You don't know the hell they had to go through to get to where they are. You don't know the bugs they had to exterminate off of them to protect their fruit. You don't know the rainy season that didn't show up or the drought that wouldn't go away. You don't know what you had to do to get to where you are right now. So don't you look at my fruit like you're envious and you don't you want what I got. Honey, you didn't go through what I went through to get what I got. And I'm here to tell you, I was either going to be dominated by my flesh or I'm going to be dominated by my spirit. But there was a seed that was planted on the inside of me. Come on, right? Come on, how many has got a seed living on the inside of you right now? 
And honey, because that seed is in there, we make a choice. Watch this. So we want to hear that in 2022, man. We, we want to be lined up and bopped on the head. Or we, want to just, we just want to be stroked and said everything's okay. But I'm here to tell you, sometimes right in the midway point of the maturity of that flesh, you got to make a decision because you still have those sinful impulses and those carnal cravings. What I do, what I do, what I do, you begin to worship God. Say, God, I need you. Help me hang on just a little while longer, God. Help me see through just a while longer. The next word I told first service, I went and thought I was going to, because I got to tell y'all to catch you up. The first word I'm going to use in dealing with the fruits of the Spirit is long suffering. Long suffering. I don't know much about long suffering. Long suffering means you'll never give up, you'll never give in, and you'll never let go. It's a fruit. It's a fruit. It comes from the Word of God. That God will place something inside, and you got it. When God placed that seed in there, you begin to grow that God of character. The one that, it's, it's, not the, it's, the, it's not the most sought after. It's not the most popular. It's not the most shiny. It doesn't get the most likes. But boy, I, I love long-suffering. Because one that says, what used to make me quit, there's another seed in me now. I just don't quit. I used to give up. Oh, yeah, I go about three Sundays in a row, and then, you know, by this time, I, I, you know, I won't make it alone. But, but, no, yeah, I'll make it, I'll make it through Christmas because I want my children to be in the Christmas play. But I don't know if you're going to see me come February. I really don't have a clue. They're gonna, but I'm here to tell you, if you allow the fruit of the Spirit to come on inside of you and begin to grow, a fruit of the Spirit, the character of God is long-suffering. What used to make you give up, you won't give up. What used to make you give in, you won't give in. What used to make you let go, you won't let go anymore. And it's not your flesh. It's your spirit. It's the Spirit of Almighty God that is growing inside of you and pushing you and keeping you going. Woo! Can't wait till I preach that. Go back to Galatians 5.16. Galatians 5.16. This is where we're finished. We're right where we started. So Paul says, now that I've taught you all these things, I say then, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Ho, 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 ho. Come out, preacher. I thought now after all that, I won't have to deal with the flesh. No, no. Till you walk through those pearly gates, you won't have to deal with that flesh. Till the trump of God sounds and dead in Christ rise. This, this credible sea puts on incorruption. This mortal sea puts on immortality. You got to deal with it. But he says, if you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Won't fulfill it. I didn't say sin won't come against you. It says because you're here today, you're still not going to have challenges. Because we still have decisions, decisions and, cho- and choices to make. Right? Let me say this. Just come back to my spirit. Everything that the fruit of the Spirit gives you is good for you, and everything that the flesh has for you is bad for you. 
there's nothing the works of the flesh has for you that's good for you. It's all bad for you. But the Bible says, if you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill. When it comes against you, you won't fall into it. You won't get full of it if you walk in the Spirit. Now let's talk about walking in the Spirit real fast. This word walk here is really close to Ephesians 6 when it says, then all you can do is stand. See, we think, we think people who stand through battles and stand through struggles and, and stand through everything, that they just stand there. They just got this. They just got this hard rock. They just got this mentality, this just rock of Gibraltar anointing upon their life that they can stand through anything. No, that word stand there means every time you get knocked down, get back up. Just because a person is standing through something, you don't know how many times they've been knocked down. You just call them on a good day. They just happen to be standing right here. But if you knock them down 12 times, guess what? They'll get up 13. That's who you are. Give yourself a hand, cover praise. I said, that's who you are. You're not here because you're perfect. You're not here because you finally figured it out. You're here because you said, I'm going to stand. I can't stand anymore. Same name of walking. It's not that stuff hasn't gotten your way. You just kept on walking. Trying to figure out a way. Well, if I go around it. Sometimes you got to go under it. Sometimes you got to go over it. But it doesn't matter. You kept walking. See, there was used to, see, used to there was stuff that would stop you from walking. Oh, you start coming to church a little while. You start praying a little while. You start reading your Bible a little while. You start listening to worship music in your car a little while. You start being the parent you're supposed to be for a little while. But after a while, you stop because the lust of the flesh begins to come against you and you fulfill it. But now, so God, now you realize that you're a born-again child of God. And there's a seed. There's an enabler inside of you. It's called the seed of the living God. And now, all you got to do is keep on walking. I didn't say you're not struggling. I didn't call. I didn't say you didn't even sin. You might have sinned. You might have fell into it. But guess what? You kept on walking. You kept on moving because that's what walking is. If you continue to walk, if you continue to go, if you continue to climb that mountain, if you continue to drive by that battle, I'm here to tell you, you will not fulfill the lust of that flesh. See, I was brought up, you got to be perfect, man, to live this kind of life. I can't be perfect, but God can make me perfect. And if I'm dominated by His Spirit, I'm a lot closer. It's His character, not my character. I'm a lot closer to living holy and living separate than I was before. How do you get that point, Pastor? How do, can I get a church? Can I get a Sunday school class? Can I get a can I can I become a, a teacher? Can I get on your staff? Can I do something? No, first thing you do is just keep on walking. When the flesh comes against you, keep on walking. When bad things happen to good people, keep on walking. When you struggle, keep on walking. When envy shows us on your head, keep on walking. When anger and unforgiveness comes up again, just keep on walking. When that, when that fornication spirit comes in your mind and your heart, keep on walking. When you want to do the things you know not to do, then keep on walking. And as long as you keep on walking in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of that flesh. Amen. Do you believe it? Put your hands together and magnify the Lord this morning. Amen. Come on, let's sing a song. Everybody stand to your feet. Come on, let's make a declaration this morning. Come on. Right? Sing I'll stand, and I'll stand with arms high and heart up and in, Lord. Come on. The one 
most important part. So there's two types of people in here. Those being dominated by the flesh and those being dominated by the spirit. Father, it's my prayer today that every person in here leads on the path, God, of being dominated by your spirit. So if you're here this morning, let me talk to two other types of people here that falls under that same category. You've never experienced the seed of the living God on the inside of you. You never experienced that energy of the seed of God being placed in your life and you receive it by asking Jesus into your life and that word enters in your life and quickens you and gives you the ability to do things you can't do on your own and there's another part of people here there's a people who has and has that seed living on the inside of you but you still struggle because you've been told that maybe I can't do it maybe it's generational Maybe I've gone too far. Maybe I've been in too long. But I'm here to tell you, there's a seed on the inside of you. It's called the seed of the living God that can give you the character and give you the ability to give you the fruit to better do the things you can't do on your own. On the count of three, I want to give you an opportunity to accept the seed of God to be placed in your life. And with that seed, there's a character of God to be planted in your life and say, God, I want you to grow. God, I want you to water it. God, I want you to help me protect it because I want to be everything you'll have me to be. If that's you right now, either one of those aisles, I want you to throw your hands up right now and say, God, I want to receive it right now. Come on, hands going to pull over this place. I'll be honest with you. I, I cover every person here. Your hands should be up because if you're not a Christian, you need the seed of God. If you are a Christian, you have the seed of God. You just got to acknowledge it. God, I need you today. I need you, God, to, to give me the ability to do the things I cannot do on my own. Come on with hands lifted up all over this place. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, I accept the fact today that the flesh is real. But I'm here today, God, to make a declaration that from this day forward and every day, I will crucify that flesh. I will not be dominated by the works of the flesh. But God, I'm here today to open my life up to receive the domination of the Holy Spirit of God in my life. Lord, place your seed in me. God, help me. God, grow with me. God, give me the ability to do what I cannot do on my own. But what I can do is all things through you because you give me the strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, if you believe that, put your hands together and magnify the Lord. Amen. Oh, come on, do better than that. I'll preach harder than that. If you said that prayer today in any way, I got prayer workers up here that love to pray with you, to love to help you, to agree together, and just push you through any line of Satan fence or trials that come against you. 
So they would love to pray with you. Don't leave here without prayer. If you gave your heart to Jesus for the very first time or either rededicated your life to him, you can either come up here and tell one of these fine folks or you can go underneath that tent. There's a tent, the same tent you came in. Tell them what's happened to you. We love to get you connected here in this ministry and help you grow and do everything that God will have you to do. If I haven't met you or even you're one of these I just aforementioned, I'm going to be in the cafe here just a second. Love to meet you. Love to tell you who I am and find out who you are a little bit and spend a little time with you, okay? We hope you enjoyed this message from our weekend experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate through our website, highestpraisechurch.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at highest.praisechurch and like us on Facebook at Highest Praise Church. We can't wait to see you soon.